This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by Profitability Movement. Google profitability-movement to join this community of business owners focused on building profit, increasing wealth, and giving back. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. What if you focused on attracting women to your company? Would that decrease our labor shortage of men? Yes, of course. It's time to think out of the box. My guest today, Colleen Keyworth, is president of Women in HVACR. She will share ideas to help decrease the labor shortage by bringing women into our industry. In terms of full disclosure, I started this organization in 2002 when there were really almost no women in the plumbing, electrical, and HVAC industries. Colleen, welcome to Contractor Sense. Thank you for having me, Ruth. I'm excited to be here. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you. I mean, we're, you know, uh, we're now at our 20-year anniversary, which is really kind of cool. And it's grown from, you know, like two members to like 600 and some odd members, which I think is really, really cool. So why don't you give everybody a little bit of background of, you know, what the purpose of the organization is and, you know, how we do what we do? Wow. Okay. It's a loaded question. Um, of course it is. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we got this, though. So Women in HVACR, as you stated, you founded in 2002, and it has gone through quite a renaissance in the last couple of years and even just its own revolution as it as it as it's grown um so over the last 20 years i guess it's kind of in stages so early on it from my understanding and from you can correct me because you would know the history but uh, from my understanding it was it was really just contractors and yeah. it was a lot more contractor focused and it wasn't until a couple years later that they opened it up to manufacturers and service vendors and wholesalers and it really started to grow then because you were able to get sponsorship and there was just a whole lot, a whole different level of participation and reach to the industry. And so things started to grow. And then when I joined in 2015, um, prior to that, we'd been connecting to Comfort Tech uh, periodically to do our conferences and stuff. Comfort Tech was a very big um, you know, partner of ours to in, in order to accomplish our first couple of meetings. And our, our average meeting attendance was like 40 50. people. <laughs> 40 people. <laughs> Um, and so we would, we would meet at comfort tech and have like a day's worth of, of content and stuff. And then, um, when I joined in 2015, it was by complete accident. Um, I met some awesome ladies at a comfort tech in Nashville and they introduced themselves. They had cool lanyards. I was, I was super smitten by the lanyards and thought this was kind of a neat group. And they're like, we want you to help. And I was like, hot damn, let's do it. And it was about hundred members and we had our comfort tech meetings and stuff. And since then we've kind of attached ourselves to many, many industry organizations, including like, um, you know, we, we've probably solidified more of our partnerships with, with Hardy, Ashray, um, AHR Expo, uh, Service World, uh, any of the, any of the big groups out there, we probably have a presence in just about every major industry show now. And our membership is pushing probably over 800 currently. And our participation alone, sponsorship, we have over 70 different sponsors all over the industry. And we've been blessed um, by um, uh, some amazing partners too. So it's been kind of a, a neat um, progression to see. And then just recently, which Ruth should be supremely proud of, we've been recognized as the largest women's group in the sector for HVAC in the world. 
Now I'm going to repeat that again because everybody's like, oh, you're not the largest women's group. No, in the sector. So in the HVAC industry, we are the largest standalone because there are very few out there that are standalone. In fact, most women's groups in this industry, in the HVAC sector, are actually uh, parented by a manufacturer or a bigger group or they're an, a side initiative that they've created or a subcommittee. And Women in HVACR is solely run by a board of directors from many different companies and does not answer to any higher power. Well, besides Ruth, but yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, no, 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 not anymore. So, no, but the thing that I want, um, you know, that you brought out more than anything else is that you're right. In the beginning, it was for contractors only, and now it's to the point where we have contractors, distributors, manufacturers. We have techs. We have installation women, and each of these groups, you know, helps each other, and and they are. We are getting more and more and more interest into for all intents and purposes, solving the labor shortage crisis. Now, is it going to happen tomorrow? No. Um, will it happen in the next couple of years? Probably. But the reality of it is, if, if you as an owner, you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, women can't do this. Well, guess what? You're wrong. <laughs> it is a unique group. It's the, the, uh, I guess if you look at every industry organization out there, they're all very niche. So they have different sectors. So of course you have the contractor groups and you have the wholesaler groups and you have manufacturer ones and stuff and you have technical groups. We actually encompass everybody. And I think that's such a unique benefit. And it's solely one of the things that you can get with our organization is that you can literally sit across from the table from any number of people and make connections and be able to have conversations where you normally would not get access. And it makes a very large industry seem a whole lot smaller Plus, it really helps our second goal. So our first and primary goal is to attract women into this industry. And our second goal is to retain them. And when you build a strong network, you're able to um, really have that, that backup that you need to, first off, always have a job because that's how this industry works. <laughs> second, you always, have, um, you always have something to pull on. You always have a knowledge base that you can, you can pull on at any time. And it really is a wide collection of service technicians and CSRs and CEOs and marketing professionals, and it's everyone. Well, the, the really cool part about it is, you know, as you meet people through the organization, like somebody who's installing in the field can find all the other installers in the field very, very easily. And they can say, I just had this really crappy thing happen to me. How have you handled this? And they'll get 16 different responses. So they're not alone. I mean, that's really what it is, is, you know, we may be in countries across or in companies across the country, but the group has brought everybody together so that they're, even though they may be the only installer that's a woman in their company, there's so many of us around the country that they can talk to when, when everything goes, not everything, but when something goes in oh, a way absolutely. that they, you wouldn't like it. Our Facebook group is a testament to that. We have, a, we've had it for about eight, nine years now. It's about 4,000 people. It's pushing 4,000 people. And we have the largest collection of female field workers. And it's such a respite I hear all the time for them to have a place where they can just ask questions without feeling like they're the minority in any of those HVAC hat groups or, you know, technician groups. Not that they're not that there's nothing wrong with that, but I think there's something solely important to being able to identify, um, you know, the struggle is a little bit different. Um, as a female as it is to a, a male technician. And I think that's why people love having a place where they don't feel like they have to have to, you know, um, put on airs in order to ask a question. Yeah. Or, or feel that they won't ask a question because they'll 
they won't look good or something like that. So, mm-hmm. all right. Um, before we take a break, if somebody wants to join the organization or somebody wants more information about what we're doing, where do they go? I tell them that the website is our home base. We are a virtual organization and we are everywhere all over the U.S. and Canada. And so I would say womeninhvacr.org is everything you need to know about the organization. And if you're looking to get your toe wet before you start joining, I would definitely recommend our LinkedIn group and our Facebook group. Look us up on Facebook, Women in HVACR, LinkedIn, Women in HVACR, and you can join those groups and you're going to always be on the pulse point of what's going on. Very good. Thank you, and we will be right back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Many times, relatives are recruited to do your company's books without knowing how to do the books. Or you hire a bookkeeper who really doesn't know bookkeeping. If this is you, then your books are probably inaccurate. You probably pay more taxes than you should, and you rarely look at a P&L and balance sheet because you know they are wrong. What do you do? Have your bookkeeper enroll in Ruth King's Contractor Bookkeeping Basics. After completing this online course, your bookkeeper will know bookkeeping. You'll get accurate financial statements that help you make good business financial decisions. To enroll, click on the link in the show notes or call us at 770-729-0258. Enroll today. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I'm talking with Colleen Keyworth, who is the CEO of Women in HVACR, but you also have a day job, don't you? (laughs) A couple. (laughs) Uh, I work for Contractors Online Access. I'm the sales and marketing director for our family business, if you will. And I sit on a couple other boards too, but Women in HVACR has become kind of a full-time deal just about. It's It's been nuts. Well, it's been good. We've been growing. Um, which is good. So I wanted to talk about conference because you made a comment to it in the beginning, which was true. Um, Gwen Hosnick and I started the organization. Gwen was the marketing director for Comfort Tech and um, contracting business who who put on Comfort Tech. And that's why the, you know, the it, it happened at Comfort Tech because we didn't have to pay and we were broke in those days. <laughs> so anyway, um, you were the one who really started getting conference outside of Comfort Tech. And now we have this really cool conference. It's going to be in Phoenix this year. And yes, men can come too. It's not female only. <laughs> so why don't you tell us, every, tell everybody about it? So uh, come 2016, um, things had started to kind of shift again. Uh, Comfort Tech was actually dying. Uh, it was it was fizzling out, and they were they were actually changing directions. And so we actually hit a pivotal point where we had to make some decisions. We had just started picking up traction. In fact, our our last meeting we had had before our last Comfort Tech was Philadelphia, and we had had quite a number of women at that event, and we had at St. Louis before that. And we had just been thinking about what it would take. Because at that point, we had gotten offers from several other groups when Comfort Tech was announcing they were not like, well, no longer going to have a show. We had gotten offers from other groups to, in order to take our group and partner with them. And we just started having discussions as a board as to we really thought we had what we needed to stand alone. And this would really be a pivotal point for the organization to not have to be dependent on another show, not to be a subcategory in somebody else's schedule, but to be able to really do our own thing. Um, and it was actually Julie Decker, um, that was president at the time who really kind of pushed that movement. And we just had the the right board at the right time to really start making that happen. And we had, um, Kristen Jordan from AC supply in Texas, who had some amazing, 
um, connections locally to the Tarrant County Community College. And we were like, hey, we can host it there. Um, we had some great connections locally, some awesome distributors and, and um, manufacturers that were our sponsors at the time that were enabling us to be able to step apart and really take the first steps we needed to do a standalone. And so our first standalone was in Fort Worth, Texas, Texas yeah. at Tarrant, uh, Tarrant County Community. And we had roughly about 120 people. And it was a really good turnout. It was, I mean, it was a totally different format than what we are today. It was our first one, but I would say that that's, that conference still had a lot of great memories and we had some great content and speakers and, and I think we did a, a, a big dinner and everything. So um, from there, it went to Denver and Denver even got a little bit bigger. We even got some more sponsor things going on. Um, we had it at the Brown Palace and then from Denver, my personal favorite, but I don't know, this year might top it, we had Boston. And Boston nah. to me, <laughs> no, Boston to me was where we started to really, really feel ourselves as a professional event. I guess if, if that makes any sense, it's, yeah, it does. That we yeah. we started having more structured breakouts. We started getting into a two day format. We started getting into, um, you know, as far as sponsor actual structured sponsor time and everything. And then the bane of my existence following that year was. <laughs> We had so much momentum because in Boston we were we were hitting about um, we were hitting about uh, 180 people. Yeah, it was about 200, 200 uh, in Boston. Yeah, yeah, and so um, by the time we had this all this momentum coming up from it, we had COVID, and it was the virtual conference. And oh dear lord, the virtual conference though, for it being more work than I've ever put on every any event I've ever been involved in, um, turned out really well. We had a really successful virtual conference, especially if you compare it to other virtual conferences. We had. We had um, over 200 people registered and you know what, people showed up and it was still very much interactive as much as we could make it. And so it turned out to be at least a really good touch point in a year where people really just wanted to see each other. Yeah. Um, and so following that, we did our beach one, which was in Tampa and or well in St. Clearwater. Oh, St. The, Pete. Yeah. And St. Pete's we did the Serata and it was um, still a little post COVID. So we did it on the beach. I will say we probably will never do another one on the beach. But it was definitely a memory and it worked out for what we needed to be in a safe area for that many people we had, but we blew records then. We had about um, 260 people, 270 people um, reg actually show up. We had more people than actually register and it was a great event. And then this year we have already have 260 people registered. If that's any testament to, we're not even past you know September and we already have what we had last year registered. So it's been crazy. So this year's conference takes place in Phoenix, Arizona and it's a milestone one. We are celebrating our 20th year anniversary. We have a full, uh, again, two day format but we actually are starting on Wednesday, November 2nd and ending Friday, November 4th. And every all the activities for conference begin at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. We have an activity scavenger hunt, which is a little different because people were crying out for networking opportunities. So we're doing a, a full tail, a full scale kind of um, amazing race type of activity. So um, that's a little different to our, our offerings this year. And then we have our welcome party that evening on Wednesday. Then the event kicks off Thursday morning. We have several keynote and um, breakout speakers all lined up. And we have our mainline keynote for Friday, which is Stacey Vanek-Smith, which she does Machia uh, Machiavelli for Women. And she, if you guys have not read the book before, it is a amazing book with a lot of great points. And so she's going to be sharing a lot of that knowledge and just some strategies just as a woman in the workforce. Yeah, she, that book's really good if you haven't it read really it. It is really good. <laughs> it's really good. Um, so then uh, what I'm skipping over, which is probably my favorite part, which I'm getting giddy about, is that 
as I said, we're celebrating our 20th year anniversary, which is a huge milestone. So we are having very similar to what we did in Boston, but a little bit bigger this time is a gala event. So we are having an, a, a 20th anniversary gala on Thursday night, and it is going to be, it's going to be uh, formal. So it's like cocktail formal. It is all fire. It's our ignite gala. And we have 20 years to celebrate. We have our scholarship winners, which we will be bringing up on stage this year. We have six $5,000 scholarships we're giving away to awesome students. We have the top women in HVAC with the ACHR news winners that will be there. We're also gonna be presenting those on stage. We have some big announcements as the organization that we're gonna be unveiling on stage. And we also will have a look back at the 20 years of the organization with a very special um, video slideshow along with some amazing entertainment. We have a live band and they are, uh, March 4th will be joining us as our live entertainment and they're gonna be doing um, some awesome dancing music and stuff, but they're also going to be doing some performance. So um, we have, it's kind of like a fire carnival, if you will, kind of a deal. So it'll be a great time. And we'll close out the day Friday with uh, the last of our speakers, including our own Angie Snow, who's going to talk about the language of leadership. And then the conference ends at 2 p.m. And we'll have all of our sponsors there as well, because we're going to have quite a few sponsors and partners that are going to be heading up some of our content, along with having our own tables and stuff. And we have our podcast friends. So very similar to the one I'm on now with Ruth, we have other podcast supporters and partners who are also going to be making an appearance such as Service Business Mastery, um, you know, the HVAC Jerks, Blue Collar CEO, Lemon Seed, The Yellow Chair, um, HVAC Uncensored. Um, they're all bringing um, their crew in order to be able to promote our event and also get, honestly, the best and the brightest of the women um, in this industry to be able to interview them so that they're adding to their content. So very good. Yeah. So come you know we we gave you the overview of what's going to happen in those three days and it's for men and for women um if you want to see what women in this industry are really like and really have great movers and shakers come so colleen website again www.womeninhvacr.org thank you ma'am if you want to go to the event it's www.womeninhvacr.org enjoy the ride Yep, that's the theme for the event. Thank you, Colleen, for being with us. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. And thank all of you for joining us. Choose one thing you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money, too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.